Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Tuesday. This is the Hometown Hour segment. I can't believe we're back for our second week. Second one. They let us come back. They did. Fantastic. This is amazing. Well, if you're just joining us for the first time this week, my name is Megan Suber. I'm Director of Communications and Marketing for the Town of Mooresville, and I have with me today... I'm Miles Atkins, Mayor with the Town of Mooresville. And we also have some special guests we'll introduce here in just a little bit. But, Mayor, are you glad to be back for week two? I am thrilled to be back again. I just want to thank uh, Bill and Justin for letting us come back and uh, share all the good news and all the things that are happening in Mooresville and around the greater... Lake Norman area. And uh, yeah, we have some good stuff going on. We do. We do. And thank you to our listeners and our live stream viewers. Um, You know, we were joking last week that we we weren't sure if we had any listeners at all, but I had a wonderful call from a listener who asked a question based on our show. Well, fantastic. I know. So we at least had one. And I know we had uh, someone watching on live stream because they, they let me know that as well. So let's talk a little bit about the hometown hour. Just recap that for everyone who's joining us this week that maybe didn't join us last week. So what is the Hometown Hour? Well, the Hometown Hour is a, it's a, a weekly show from 11 to 12 every Tuesday, really to give our listeners the opportunity to um, call in uh, and to hear information about things that are happening uh, throughout the town. Absolutely. And, and we really put some thought into picking this name. Hometown Hour is based on the fact that we have people who have lived in Mooresville for their whole life. This is all they have known, and Mooresville is their hometown. But we also have people in Mooresville area that have been here six months, six days even. And they'll always tell us that this feels like home now. They do. We have a saying that uh, no matter where you're from, you're home now when you're in Mooresville. So so many people find that just that charm and that... uh, that what that magic sauce is, it just uh, it reminds them of where they grew up. Uh, when they come to Mooresville, they love the small, the hometown, small um, town charm, and yet all the wonderful amenities, quality of life, great schools, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a happening place. From our quaint downtown area, from the class act concerts that we have, the new restaurants, the wonderful Lake Norman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talk about world-class uh, customer service and services. Uh, the town of Mooresville is a really high-amenity community. So, I mean, where else do you is. go where they vacuum up your leaves? You don't, have to, you don't have to bag them. We'll vacuum them up for you. And, and brush collection, all the wonderful things. Well, Mayor, let's talk about one good thing that happened since last week. Well, Megan, I don't have just one good thing. I have like three different things that have been reported oh out. And I'm sure you all have heard of some of them, but... Talking about growth and people moving in from all over from Moore, uh, to Mooresville, as it turns out, what one source reported out uh, last week was that Mooresville is the fastest growing city in North Carolina. They said over the past eight years, Mooresville has seen a population increase of over 43.24.24%, according to Go Banking Rate. So... Does that surprise you? That does not surprise me at all, and I don't think it would surprise anyone who has traveled down Highway 150. That's right. Also, this is something that uh, you know adds to why people are moving so much to the area. Uh, the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance reported that uh, new numbers show that over 113 people are moving to the Charlotte region every day. Wow. So people are coming, and uh, and... And why are they coming to North Carolina? Well, CNBC announced that with a world-class workforce and a booming economy, North Carolina, again, for the second year in a row, 
was named America's top state for business. So there's a reason why there's so many people coming to North Carolina, why so many people are moving to, uh, to Mooresville. Absolutely. And we're so thankful to have such a variety of people because even though, you know, we'll complain about the traffic, even though um, people will say, oh, people from up north or wherever don't know how to drive. It's always somewhere. It's always somewhere. That's right. Um, you know, the, the experience that these individuals bring, the, the background, the history, the trades, the skill sets, all of that makes our community a uh, more holistic and a more valuable community and a better place for everyone to live. You know, it really does. And I think that's been part of Mooresville's great success is that people who have moved from all over have added so much to the community uh, and uh, have really gotten involved and uh, it's a very giving community too. You know, we have several nonprofits, and uh, the philanthropic uh, spirit within our community is really phenomenal. So, special shout out to all those that do so much to to give back to this community and help others to to help lift them up. Absolutely, and I've heard you say that Mooresville is the most patriotic town. Yes, we are. Did you know that Mooresville is the most patriotic town in America? And we are so thrilled to have Richard's Coffee Shop and. Uh, the uh, Living Military Museum, uh, and uh, we are just, a, it is a gem for us on our main street. And, uh, you know, we do have something coming up next week. I know you're going to make some announcements, but uh, one one thing that I think would be fun, you know, we're, as we continue to bring guests on to the show, mm-hmm. I also last week attended uh, the Mooresville Downtown Commission's annual banquet, and they talked about how much private investment has gone into the downtown, and it is booming. Yes. And, you know, one of our commissioners, Commissioner Bobby Compton, was named uh, the a Main Street champion. I think it would be great to have Commissioner Bobby Compton on the show to talk about downtown and the importance of downtown and Mooresville being part of a Main Street um, certified community uh, in the state of North Carolina. Lots of good stuff. Absolutely. And I think that brings such an interesting um, character to our town. Um, a lot of towns that may have shot up in the past uh, 50 years or so, they don't have that historic feel that we have being 150 years old. Well, speaking of 150 years old, we are celebrating our birthday this year all year long with all kinds of fun things going on. I know, and I am excited. We um, had the July 4th parade, Stars and Stripes on Main recently. And I think that's I think that's where we uh, announced our show. It is. It yeah. is where we announced our show. So we had a great turnout for that great turnout. A lot of good things coming up. And one good thing I want to share kind of ties into something that's coming up in our area. It's going to be the start of school. It's coming, isn't it? I know. It's it's so hard to believe, particularly for those of us that have school-age kids. It's hard to believe that school is getting ready to be back in session for Mooresville Graded School District and shortly after Iredale State's full schools. Um, one good thing is that my daughter picked out her backpack. Oh, fantastic. So we are set to go. Well, for I know that. there's going to be some back to school uh, programming going on. and uh... There's back to school programming going on. Um, Mooresville Police Department definitely wants you to remember as we're going back to school when it's important to stop for a school bus. Um, two lane road, all traffic must stop. Two lane center turning lane, all traffic must stop. Are you sensing a theme here? Right. <laughs> Four lane road. All traffic must stop. Four-lane road with median, only traffic following the bus must stop. Four lanes or more with a center turning lane, only traffic following the bus must stop. 
So basically, I'm reading this as unless there's a median or a center turning lane, you stop. You stop because it's safety first, safety isn't it, for the isn't bus it amazing driver. though where you've seen where people don't stop? It the is. total disregard. It blows my mind every time. So just remember as you're as we're starting back to school, I know Charlotte Mecklenburg schools are a little bit later. Make sure that you watch out for school buses there. I'm sure they're going to be starting their routes soon to get all the bus drivers to practice the routes whether they have kids on them or not. Make sure you stop for those buses. Keep our community safe. Yeah, well, you know, you said something about you know, the police department. We have a great, our, our police department has a great relationship with the school district and providing resource officers and the, that relationship between the kids and, and the, the police officers is really good. And it's, we'll it's a great relationship. It is, and we'll get more into that in future segments. Welcome back to the Hometown Hour. Come again? <laughs> Say that one more time. I know, coming in a little hot. You Welcome did. back to the Hometown Hour, where you're here to learn more about Mooresville and the surrounding area and all we have going on. Yeah, and we want to hear from our listeners, too. We want to hear what they want to talk about, and we want to make sure we're providing good, relative information that they want to hear about. And, uh, you know, it's so hard for people to get local news these days. The newspapers, there's only, well, we have one newspaper that comes out twice a week, and then we have a weekly newspaper. But there's really nothing in terms of for listeners to really, uh, or, or it's on social media. And we have a great platform on social media, but we got some listeners I think we're going to really value this show and, and tune in every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not just going to be myself and the mayor talking all the time. We're going to bring some guests with it to learn more about what the town does, mm-hmm. how we serve our residents, and like the breadth of services that we offer and the breadth of amenities that we offer even. That's right. And, you know, uh, we have a lot of rock stars working for the town. The town provides great career opportunities, and we have a person that's going to join us, I guess, right now. Yes, absolutely. Today we have with us Allison Craft, our Water Resources Director. Welcome, Allison. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And Allison, as I alluded to before, was our uh, one of our online viewers, streaming viewers last week. She kind of wanted to know what she was getting into, except for she doesn't didn't know she was getting into it at the time. <laughs> so Allison, how long have you been with the town? I've been with the town for about 16 years. Wow, that's a long time. It is a very long time. Now, how did you start out? Did you jump right in as water resources director? No, 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 no. Um, I started, so I'm a civil engineer by, by education, and I started working in private consulting for a number of years, specializing in water and sewer. Um, I worked in Charlotte, I lived in Mooresville, and that commute up and down 77 started to get a little bit tiring. I think some of our listeners can relate. Absolutely. Yep. yep. You know, and the other thing, too, when you work for a, a private consultant and, um, and you're working in many different municipalities and helping them solve their problems, but you never actually own what it is that you finish. You finish a project, you move on to another project. Um, when an opportunity came up in the town of Mooresville for me to work in the engineering department, um, managing some a variety of different projects, I felt like that was a, a great opportunity to feel some ownership in my community, 
you know, I, I complete a project, I work on a sidewalk project or a waterline project, and, um, and I drive by it all the time. And I remember that experience of being able to help my community and be a part of it. And, and that was really important to me. And that was the big reason why 16 years ago, I decided to um, take a, or apply, I guess, for a position with Town of Mooresville. And thankfully, they saw something in me and said, I'd, I'd like for her to work here. Interesting. So you started with an entirely different department. I did. I started in the engineering department. Oh, very cool. Um, So talk to me about water resources. What does that entail? (laughs) It entails a lot. Water resources involves our water treatment plants and Mm -hmm. the distribution to your home. So um, anytime you turn on the faucet, everything from the point that it enters our plant until the point that it comes out of your faucet just about is, is underwater resources. And then on the We'll, we'll joke and call it the, the back end. Um, anytime that anything comes out of your home or your business and is conveyed to a wastewater treatment plant and then safely discharged back into a creek. And then the third part of that is stormwater. So anytime it rains and that water hits the road, hits your yard, um, we need to make sure that that water is safe to go back into our creeks, streams, lakes, um, so stormwater is another big part of water resources. So really all the things that we need to do to keep our drinking water safe and our environment safe. And tell me, is that unique for a municipality to have all of those areas under its hat without having to outsource? I know that some areas around here, some towns around here, they don't have um, Cornelius water, if you will. They don't necessarily have Huntersville water. They have uh, Charlotte water. Is that unique for Mooresville to have all of that? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, a lot of different places do it differently, um, especially as you go further east. There's more authorities. Different states do it differently. The town of Mooresville, I think that, that we're pretty special in that we do have all of these under our hat, so to speak, so that we really can kind of control our destiny and make sure that what we're doing and what we provide, the level of service that we provide, matches what, we expect that the town is going to provide to its citizens. Because you're a customer as well. I am a customer as well. Awesome. Um, Tell me about, let's start on the front end, water treatment. How many water treatment facilities do we have with the town? We have two water treatment facilities, although they are actually right next door to each other. That's okay. Two separate (laughs) facilities. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about what happens there. Where do we go? How do you, how do you, where does you get the water? How do you treat the water and then send it out in very high level? (laughs) Yeah. Megan and I have joked that it might not be her best bet to invite an engineer to a, to an interview. So we have a tendency to to geek out a little bit. Um, But no, we get our water from Lake Norman. And um, if, if any of you listeners that live in the Troutman Mooresville area ever drive down Perth Road, and look over to the right as you cross over the lake and see this big metal structure out there. That's where we get our water from. Oh, interesting. I didn't. Yep. I mean, I've worked with the town for a year and a half, and I didn't even know that that was where we get our water from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we pump it from there to our water treatment plants, which are on um, US 21. And and water treatment is oddly not very difficult. We want to get you know all of the, the kind of uh, the dirt and things out. We add a very very minute amount of chemical, but we really allow time and gravity to do its thing and let that water um, settle out. And um, the water is clean 
and then we do an additional filtration process on it and add some chlorine and um, and you know we're we're good to go. We continuously monitor our water quality before that water goes out of the plant um, for a, a couple different very prime indicators, and then we do weekly, monthly, and annual sampling of. I think it's close to 100 different constituents in addition to sampling out in the distribution system just to ensure that the water is always safe and always a high quality before it enters into people's homes. And that's a fascinating thing, too. I know the first time I toured the water treatment plant, I didn't expect such an extensive lab that you have there yes. to run all the tests that you do. And we are the first customer. We have a tap in the lab so that they can test. Um, all of our, our wonderful staff can test the water just as if it was coming out of your house. That's correct. We do. And there's a constant tap running just so that we can make sure that we take samples as regularly as we need to. Now, on the back end of things, the the less than clean uh, side of things, tell me a little bit about that. How many wastewater treatment plants does the town have? We have one wastewater treatment plant, and that is on Johnson Dairy Road. It, um, we can treat about seven and a half million gallons a day. We average between four and a half and five. Um, wastewater treatment's a little bit more complex, as you could I imagine. Would imagine. Yes, I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little, little dirtier water coming in. Um, that's actually a biological process. So the lab in our wastewater treatment plant is actually, it's, it's a little bit smaller by square footage, but it's actually a lot larger in terms of the types of tests that they have to run and um, the number of tests that they have to run on a, on a daily basis. Um, and, but that water is ultimately treated to the point that it is cleaner than the water we get from Lake Norman because we, we have to treat it to a, an extremely high level and then it's discharged back into a tributary to Rocky River. And do you use any chemicals in the wastewater treatment plant? Um, a very small amount of chemical, actually most of the chemicals that are used are on the, um, we'll say on, on the materials that have been removed from the water. We, you know, there's some... Any biosolids. Uh, solids, yes. We, we try to find the, the nicest, cleanest euphemisms we can for, for what we're cleaning in that plant. Um, but yes, we do have to add some chemicals to those constituents just to press the water out. And, um, and then we have what we call a, a belt dryer that takes those solids and we're able to transform them into a uh, what's called a class A. And we actually distribute that to area farmers and we can use that as a fertilizer, which is much more environmentally friendly than taking it to a landfill. Absolutely. So we're really excited about that process. Now, what about the water that is discharged out? Is Are there any really chemicals used on that or is it like an all natural organic organic process, if you will. Yeah. No, there's no chemicals added to that as it goes out. We um, we have a UV filtration system, so there's no chlorine or, or dechlorination that needs to go on in that system. We just use all UV to make sure that, you know, whatever organics are left in that water are removed before um, we discharge into the creek. That's fascinating. Uh, we only have a few minutes left in this segment, but tell me a little bit about stormwater. What's that about? So um, stormwater is a little bit different than our water and wastewater, um, whereas we have treatment plants for our water and our wastewater. There's no treatment plants for stormwater. So when it rains and that water runs down your curb line and goes into a, a catch basin in the street, it goes through a, a few different pipes, but then ultimately it goes directly into a creek. And, um, you know, as you can imagine, 
if you have a, a vehicle that's discharging oil out of it, you've got an oil leak in your car, or um, you know, you've been um, walking your pets and maybe you don't clean up after that, all of those types of things get into that storm drain system and can ultimately get to the creek, which is, which is not a good thing. Um, so our stormwater program is set up to ensure that, um, you know, we're as environmentally friendly as we can through public education, um, through a lot of other uh, opportunities to, you know, involve the public in trying to save our creeks and streams. Fascinating. Well, we'll definitely talk more about that in our next segment. Um, we definitely want to invite listeners to call in if they've got any questions. Our studio phone number is 844-STUDIO-4. And coming up, Allison, we're also going to talk about a little work that's going on in the Brawley School area that's affecting some traffic patterns. Yes. Yes, there is. So we'll um, bring you more on that and what you can expect if you're driving in the area. And thank you so much for being with us today, Allison. Well, thank you, Megan. Are we back? We're here back, and I found out we do have a listener. We, <gasps> we do, do have Jamie Johnson is listening to us now. Is what I hear. Maybe he'll call in and ask Allison a question. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie Johnson, for listening, and for everyone else who's listening out there. Thanks for tuning in to the Hometown Hour. We've got a special guest today, Allison Kraft, our Water Resources Director, who's been telling us a little bit about what goes into water, wastewater, and stormwater with the town. And we spoke briefly in our last segment about a little bit of work that's going on on Brawley School Road. So I understand that's um, work called a force main. Mm -hmm. We're repairing a force main. So tell us in layman terms what's going on. <laughs> what's going on up on Brawley School Road? Yeah. Well, um, some folks might remember back in December, January, if they were driving down Brawley School Road on a couple particular days, there was a, a bit of a mess out there. Um, there was a bit of a, a bit a, of a stinky mess, a if we can stinky, say, a little bit of a stinky mess. And then we had a number of our folks out there making some repairs in the median. A force main is a sewer pipe. It is a pressurized sewer pipe coming from a pump station. And in that particular case, it's a 20-inch diameter Oof. sewer force main. Yeah, yeah, it's a big boy um, going down the median and Brawley School Road. And, um, and it broke. And when we dug down to it, it, it's deep, it's a deep pipe, we found that um, just based on the location, the size of it, some of the, the, the hydraulics of the area, you know, how sure. the water flows, um, it was in really bad shape. And, you know, once we knew that that was the case, we had to jump and plan a project and do something. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. not something you can just Band-Aid and hope for the best. That's something that needs to be fixed. Right. So, um, so believe it or not, I know that was December, January, and we're sitting here now in July. That is one of the fastest projects that I have ever gotten designed and permitted and bid out and started in construction probably in my entire professional career. That was fast. You know, and that's, that's a good point. You can't just go in and, and say with something of this magnitude, you can't just go in and say, oh, well, we're going to attach a pipe and fix it. You want to make sure it's done right and right. done correctly so we don't have this situation in another six months, another year. That's correct. Yeah. 
Um, and the other part that makes it difficult is it is in the median of Brawley School Road. Now, it wasn't put in the median of Brawley School Road when that pipe was first installed 20 years ago. Um, for those of you that have lived here for probably less than 10 years, Brawley School Road used to be a two-lane road. And when that I pipe did, was put in, yep, when that pipe was put in, it was in the shoulder of the road, and now it's in the middle, um, which is fine. But, you know, that just adds a little bit of a complexity to making that type of a repair. So talk to us a little bit about the project. You said it's taken six months-ish mm-hmm. to get to this point, which is fast. Um, what's going on with the project? I know we had some closures or some um, lane closures at night, but now we're having lane closures in the day on Brawley School Road. Yeah. So why is that? So we are actually replacing about 2,500 feet of pipe in that median. Um, if you're driving down there from about where Lowe's Foods is down just before you get to Rolling Hills Road. Now, replacing the pipe is not so difficult. We can do that at night. They're installing a new 16-inch um, PVC line on top of the old line down the median, and then that work they can do at night and just shut the lane and do that work. Um, where they're connecting back into the existing pipe and the locations where that pipe is in good condition still, it's really deep, and it's in the median. Um, we're talking 10, 12 feet deep of an excavation. Oh, that is deep. It's very deep, and it's it can be very unsafe. So to make sure that it's done in a safe manner, um, it really takes a good half a day just to dig the hole, just to get down there and put the shoring in to make sure that the construction workers are safe in what they're doing. Um, once that hole has been opened, um, there's no closing it. You know, if you think about that, it takes a half a day to open it, you can't just fill it yeah. back up it and then start a, fresh the next exactly. day. Exactly. You're gonna you're just gonna be digging every day. Um, so once that hole was opened, um, it's just got to stay open until they're done. Um, and so the other thing about this too, you know, if you have a water line break, you can close some valves and you can isolate that section of pipe and make your repair and and move on. Um, with sewer, we we can't call everybody up on the Brawley School Peninsula and say, hey, I, I need you to I need you to not flush for the next. Or rinse anything hours, down the or drain. rinse or take a shower. You know, that's always coming. So um, in addition to just, you know, making a connection, we also have to bypass the section of pipe that we're making the connection to on each side. We have, um, right now, besides the general contractor that's out there, I believe we have two or three specialty contractors out there as well doing work. We've actually been bringing some of our staff out because this is just something that they don't see. This is outside of the realm of their normal day-to-day operations. It's a great learning experience for some of our staff sure. as well. Um, but, you know, it, it stinks. It, for, from a traffic perspective, um, in order to make sure that the area is safe for the, the contractor and then also to make sure that the area is safe for those that are traveling, it, it just means that there's, there's lane closures and there's delays and... Um, you know, we just really hope that everybody kind of understands that and just Absolutely. works through it. Absolutely. Because we, like we said before, we want to get this fixed. We want we, to get this fixed rapidly and we want to get this fixed in a um, manner that's not going to require another fix right. in six months or a year. Yes. So lane closures during the day, those started on Monday, they did. I believe. And we're hoping those are going to wrap by the end of the week. But like anyone who's ever been through any type of construction project can say there's dependent on a lot of factors here. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we're shooting for Friday, and that is where the contractor and their subs are working um, 12 plus hour days in order to get this done. Um, again, there's a lot of things that have to ha have to happen in a very particular order. So, um, so that's what we're working towards, though, to have that done Friday, so that the weekend is free and clear. Free and clear. Everyone who's going out to the point or going out to the lake from that area can get through, hopefully, without um, daytime lane closures. But what comes after this? After um, they've got the pipe reconnected and the daytime lane closures are over, what happens next? Um, as far as what anybody sees, really not a whole lot. I mean, we'll have new pipe in the ground, and, and that'll be good. Um, we will be doing some investigation on the rest of the pipe just to make sure that there's not anything that we need to be planning for sure. long term. Um, but then we've also had some questions about the landscaping in the meeting, and too. And that is something we actually have an agreement with DOT to install and maintain landscaping in there. So we'll work with them on what the best options are to put there after this project is done. Of course, we're sitting here in 90 degree heat in the middle of July, so you're not gonna see anything planted in the ground in July or no, August. No, we, we would like it to, to survive a we little bit too. more than a week or two. Well, excellent. Well, this is very fascinating because, you know, when people drive around and think about infrastructure, they think about maybe the roads that they're driving on or the bridges that they have to cross. They don't necessarily think about the sewer lines and the water lines and all the things that are going underneath the roads. But that is a very important part of making a city function and making the community a great place to live. It really is. And yeah, it's out of sight, out of mind in, in most any place. Um, but just about any road that you drive down in Mooresville has got pipe infrastructure underneath it, sewers under there, and, you know, other utilities as well, gas, power, all the things that you need to, to make your home run. And I know, Mayor, you had some questions about infrastructure and some thoughts on that. Yeah. So, um, Allison, you know, you and I have been together for 16 years because <laughs> I've been, since I've, I've been uh, in public service. And town's grown a lot. Uh, we've seen it grow a lot together. And can you talk a little bit about um, the evolution of what you've seen within the department and the departments that you've served in? Let's get to that in the next segment, because I think that's more than a, than a quick answer for Allison, because she's seen a lot in 16 years. Yeah. So just a reminder to everyone, if you want to call in and have any questions, our studio phone number is 844-STUDIO-4. It's looked like over I, the last I know, and years. expecting an, an answer in about five seconds. Oh, that was that was very ambitious. That was. So, Allison, I'm going to ask you if you could just share with our listeners what you've seen over the last 16 years, how it's impacted the departments that you've worked in, and then, uh, you know, what do you see? What's the town doing to prepare for the next 20 years for the, this type of in infrastructure? Sure. Well, over the past 16 years, you know, we are. Overall, we are a new community. So when we look at the average age of all of our pipes, they're fairly new, and which is a great thing. There's a lot of infrastructure in the town that we just don't have to 
um, repair and focus on. Whereas other neighborhoods and other communities and other parts of the country, they're they're a little bit older of a municipality. That said, we do have some older sections of town. I think one of the biggest things that I have seen is a wonderful focus on preventative maintenance and um, proactive replacement of pipes and things so that for the most part now Raleigh School Road is you know you, you can't fix all the issues you, you can't foresee all of the problems that's right you can't fix everything before it breaks but really putting a focus on that to make sure that we can do things in a thoughtful way um, and then also really looking towards what our growth is going to be like in the future. So, you know, we can't shy away from it. We need to plan for it so that we're not behind. So really making sure that we have those infrastructure pieces in place and and just being ready so that if something comes and when it comes, then, then we're ready to take care of it. So can you share with our listeners, what is your favorite project in a, a, over the course of 16 years? What's the one that you feel like made the biggest impact or that was the most rewarding that you worked on? Because you talked about the sidewalks and things that you've been involved with that, you know, it's your it's your community, you work here, you live here, um, and you see the, the fruits of your labor every day when you drive around town. Is there something in particular that stands out to you that you're really super proud of? I think that the new, we call it the new, <laughs> the new water treatment plant is is really my favorite project. So that's a 12 million gallon a day water treatment plant that was constructed um, 10, 12 years ago. And the, the fun thing about that for me was um, during the time that I transitioned from a consultant to a town of Mooresville employee, I actually worked on that project on both sides. So I really saw that project through from beginning to end. And, and it's a wonderful facility. And, and actually, we do tours if anybody's interested in learning a little bit more about water it, treatment. It, it is an absolutely beautiful and picturesque um, facility. I know we um, recently shot a video at the water treatment plant, and there were so many angles that our videographer could get. There were so many areas that were like, oh, hit this, hit this, get this visual. And he had to remind me, we this video is not just going to be about the water <laughs> treatment plant. We have to cover other, other topics with it as well. But it is a great facility. And I think it's really important for the, the public, whether you are a resident of the town of Mooresville or whether you are a visitor, whether you're a resident of somewhere else around Lake Norman, take those opportunities to go see your local public services and your public works departments and see all the great work and all the things that go into keeping your community clean and safe and providing a high quality level of service. Well, you know, um, Allison manages, how many, how, how, how big is your staff now? It's close to 80. 80 people. So there's lots of career opportunities with the town in your department. There are. Um, and you know, Megan was talking about how, how wonderful our water treatment facility is. And the reason that it is, is the folks that work there take such a huge amount of pride in their day-to-day -day job, in their facility. And, and that goes for really every town employee that, that I've ever seen and worked with, um, but in the utility department in particular, because they have an understanding and appreciation of what their job means for other people in the community. And so, you know, folks that kind of have that mindset and, and sort of have that servant leadership type of a, a a way about them, it's a perfect job for them because you can absolutely see how you're helping people every day. And they're 24-7, aren't they? They are 24-7, yes. At any given time, we have folks either at the plants or on call ready to assist somebody if they've got an emergency. Yeah. 
That's fascinating. Now, uh, you mentioned you have 80 employees and probably some openings. We can learn more at mooresvillenc.gov slash HR and see any of the openings in Allison's area, see any of the openings for anywhere, um, any of the departments of the town, whether that's the police department, fire department, whether it is parks and recreation, library, any of the areas that serve the residents of Mooresville. I think it's a real testament for Allison to be with us for 16 years and still going strong. It is. It is. And I know, Allison, you've seen a lot go on in Mooresville in the past 16 years, and we've got a lot going on this year as well. Um, We're going to hit a couple of the upcoming events that we have, starting with maybe not the first event we're going on, but a testament to Mooresville's growth, our One Mooresville Center ribbon cutting on August 7th. That's going to be at 4.30 p.m., and that is a great facility. I know we talked about that a little bit on our last show, about what all that entails. Yeah, that's where the old uh, police department used to be, and uh, a lot of the town services are being consolidated in that location for a one-stop shop for planning and permitting. So it's going to, and recreation's going to be there, and um, Some of the fire marshal's offices as well. yeah. So, yeah, a great facility. It is open to the public now. So if you need access to planning and community development, if you need the building inspections and permitting, parks and recreation, the building is open now. But our ribbon cutting is going to be August 7th from at 4.30 p.m. at One Mooresville Center, which is 750 West Iredale Avenue. Now, we also have some other great events in our fairly new facilities, such as Liberty Park coming up. Mayor, did you have the chance to go to the cookbook the other week? I missed it. Oh, I missed it. I was out of town. I I was not available as well, and I was so sad because I heard that was a wonderful show. But on August 4th, you can go see the entertainers in Liberty Park for free. Shows begin at 6.30 p.m., and the entertainers, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like beach music, R&B, Top 40, everything in between. It's very diverse music, so whether you're 8 years old or 80 years old, come out and enjoy a great concert. And then September 1st, we have the Groove Machine. That That should be fun. That is going to be a fun show. So 70s music, make sure to bring your... I won't um, miss that. Oh, your your bright colors, your flower powers, maybe even your polyester. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, absolutely. All of that definitely encouraged at that show. Um, I believe the arts and events people called it their fun show. That will be fun. That will be a... Really fun time. Um, coming up in September, we have our B3 Bands, Brews, and Barbecue. I don't know about you, but I am super excited about that. Is that our fifth signature event? That is going to be our fifth signature event, and that is going to be on September 16th from 4 to 9 p.m. downtown and also in Liberty Park. Um, this is presented by Debotech. Do you know anything about Debotech? Uh, I do, indeed. They're quite an organization. They Can't re- wait to get them on, on the show. Oh, they are going to be a great time when they come on the show. So this event is going to feature music, uh, traditional beer garden with local breweries, barbecue demonstrations, um, family fun zone, and so much more. When do we get to announce who the headlining band is? Not yet. We have to save things for future shows. Okay. Um, also, upcoming for our signature events, we have our Mooresville Motorsports Celebration on October 3rd at 4 p.m. downtown, and then a classic Christmas, December 8th. It's going to be here before you know it. It really is. It really is. You know, there's always something happening in, in the town of Mooresville, especially in our downtown. It's happening all the time, and I think there's a July 21st is a sipping shop. 
It's going to be happening downtown. I actually heard a commercial on this station about it. I heard it it as well. It caught my ear, downtown Mooresville. We want to invite everybody to come downtown, check it out. Absolutely. And we also have several upcoming um, events at our library and um, through the Parks and Recreation Department. All those can be found at mooresvillenc.gov. We don't want you to miss a minute of the fun, and it's way too much for us to cover in this show. Uh, But go on to mooresvillenc.gov. You can also follow our social media accounts, whether you choose to follow Parks and Rec, whether you choose to follow the library, police department, the town. See what's going on. Um, there's great content on all of those accounts, and we appreciate the like and the follows and um, just keeping our residents informed about what's going on. Allison, I have a question for you, if I can go off yeah, script. Yeah, please so, do. <laughs> I'm just curious. We have citizen citizen academies every year, and you get uh, within a group of 20-plus people or more that Megan puts together. But when they tour the water treatment plant or the wastewater treatment plant, any aha moments that, that you hear from from the, the citizens that take the Citizens Academy or anything that they walk away with that they didn't know about or any takeaways that you can share? There's takeaways every single year that they come and visit. A lot of the time, well, you know, it depends on who the person is, right? We've had some folks that have been impressed with our backup generators because they are huge. They really are. Pieces of machinery. Um, And then we've had folks that have been extremely impressed with the lab before. Um, But really, I'm going back to the people. The people that provide the tours are so, so proud of their facilities and so excited to be there that they really are just kind of taken away with the people. Yeah, I think one of the funnest things, I know we already brought it up once, but when we first rolled out Muni Poop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, this is before your time, This is Megan. before my time. This is news to but me. But it was, uh, we called it Muni Poop. Muni and, Poop. And uh, that's, we were, I think, the first ones in the southeast that actually had this dryer that could take the sludge and instead of going to the landfills, actually turn it into something that was usable. Oh, yeah. see, I know this is Town Brown. Oh, it, Town Brown. Yeah, is that a, it, That's a better name, huh? It's also called Town Brown. Yeah, one of our customers calls it Town Brown, so he'll call up and ask for a, a load of Town Brown. That's funny. I just thought that was a good one. What a note to end this show on, talking about <laughs> Town Brown. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for being with us today, sharing more about what you do and sharing more about the current project in the town of Mooresville. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Thanks well, thank for joining you. us. Have a great day, everyone.